you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And our brother Jonathan. Jonathan, I don't... I, I just met Jonathan today, mm-hmm. who's going to be call screening for us. I understand that he's interning here. Yes. Um, So I don't know what that means as far as, like, how long he's going to be here. I don't know if it's just a summer thing, but... If if it's gonna be longer than that, then I have to give him a cool name. <laughs> that's just uh, kind of the way things happen. That's so true. I don't know. Everybody has a name. Yeah. So. so I don't I don't know today. Just kind of like on the fly though, because I'm <laughs> I'm only just meeting him. I feel like I want to put an emphasis on the Joe and then go Nathan at the end. So I kind of want to do like Joe a Joe Nathan? Nathan type of thing. Okay. Just kind of like a cool. But I don't know that. I need to get some more information. I need to learn like kind of, you know, middle <laughs> names and all of that, you know, all of that information. Yeah. Maybe the kind of trouble you caused your parents growing up. I just need to know all of that so I can determine the proper nickname. J-Mac is here. J-Mac is here. Which clearly it's because of macaroni and cheese. <laughs> clearly that's where he gets his name. And so it's a Friday edition of Aaron the Addisons. We have made it to uh, the end of another full week, and I'm grateful for that. Mm. Um, I think I said this on Monday that we really miss our listeners when we're away for any length of time. And um, and so it's good to be back. It's good to have a, a, a full week of, uh, of programming yes. and being able to talk to um, the members of the body of Christ who listen to this program on a regular basis. It's Friday, which it means Friday. that we open the phone lines up. We're going to do that early in the second segment. Right. Um, Joe Nathan, <laughs> he's like, don't don't call me that. <laughs> he's like, Mika, don't call me that. <laughs> we'll figure it out during the break. I'll, 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 just, I'll get some information and it'll stick. Johnny it's got to be. Maybe everybody I, has a B. It's 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 got to have something like that. <laughs> okay, it's got to be. We got to talk about it during Even the break. If it don't we work, come out in the studio the here. We're gonna talk about it. Just yeah. can we just make somebody's name Johnny B? Yeah, why okay. not? I mean, I don't know because his mom might not like that. I mean, you know, it's like all his she'll, life I have called him. No. She'll be fine. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll talk about it. We'll get it. We'll get it all worked out. Um. So it's it's great to have him on board with us today. It is the Friday show, which means it's the gumbo show. Everything goes into the pot. Mm -hmm. Um, We can do a recap of the week's programming. Just to remind you here, as I look at my podcast list of Aaron the Addison shows for the week, we started off the week um, talking, oh, Laura Perry joined us on Monday. We talked about the regret being real, Uh, but also the hope. mm -hmm. And then on Tuesday, we talked about the, re- the fruit of rejecting God. What we mm. are seeing happen in our culture, the folly, yeah. right, is the fruit of rejecting the wisdom of God, rejecting God. It's the lack of a fear of God. Mm-hmm. And so we can uh, talk about that. If there's anything that you heard that you didn't get to chime in on, then let's do that today. And then also Wednesdays with Will, uh, for God to provide is easy. Mm. Yes, I talked about that. And it was a personal, um, like I, I, like I said, you know, God been dealing with me on that. But that God provides, 
for the lilies of the field. That's amazing. He provides for the birds of the air. And he provided for the prophet Elijah with ravens, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and so I just talked about how it's easy for God to provide. You yeah. know, sometimes it's hard for us to have faith yep. and believe. But that's not a big deal for, for God. No. He can do anything. I think that is so important, yeah. um, especially to have that kind of conversation right now uh, in our country when there's yeah. so much uncertainty and the discussions kind of go toward a lot of human effort. Okay, mm-hmm. what are the things I need to do here? What are the things that the government should be doing? And those, those conversations are important to have. But I think too often we remove the knowledge that we have of God from those conversations. And so it's, it's almost like humans have this sort of sickness, right? And this sickness always kind of drives us toward the least amount of trust in God as possible. Mm. <laughs> and that's unfortunate, yeah. but that's just kind of where we are. We yeah. are always kind of looking for what is it that I can do and do to the max, and then when all of that runs out, then I will turn to God and yeah. need him. And, and it's unfortunate that we don't recognize that um, the needing of God or the dependence on God is ever with us, mm. and we are actually served best, and we serve the Lord best when that is at the forefront of our Amen. thinking. Amen. That we need the Lord. Need Even him. when we can yes. do something well, we need the Lord, right? right? And That's, that's right. That's Sometimes right. very difficult to to process. Yes. Uh, then we talked yesterday about the next page in their playbook, um, mm. turned our attention to crisis pregnancy centers all across this country right. and kind of issued sort of just like, I don't know, a call to, to support crisis pregnancy centers, mm-hmm. to understand what's at stake and, and to observe what those who hate the Lord and those who are um, standing in violent opposition against life mm. uh where their next focus is going to be. And clearly that is on the both physical and financial attack uh, on crisis pregnancy centers. So, yeah, and they, they, they've said it, you know, yeah. like we need to get rid of these places. Uh, Elizabeth Warren, you know, she said Goodness. outright that these places. They are, outnumber abortion facilities right. three to one. And they're called uh, fake clinics. Oh like, my really. Goodness. And they provide Insane. so much help, you know, but they, they're called fake because these people just don't like what they're doing. Exactly right. You know? And and I really believe that the what they're doing aspect <laughs> has a lot to do with um, sharing yes. the gospel. Yes, 100%. It's the proliferation of it's the gospel. It's a spiritual thing that's going on. Yeah. You know, it's beyond, you know, just uh, people doing bad, evil things. It's, there's a spiritual component because that's where we were. That's where the fight is, you know. Exactly and right. And so that's what's happening. Exactly right. Yeah. Okay, I've got a Friday story for you here. All right. It's a, it's a Friday story. But of course, I want to I want to tie it in um, into kind of a, a I want to make a spiritual observation, guys. This is where I live. All right, welcome. Um, but I, I want to share this story. I read this story last month, mm-hmm. and I thought this is incredible. And in fact, I pulled it several weeks ago uh, just to have it for a Friday. But you know, we just wouldn't get around to it. So today is the day we're going to talk about this story. This is from Time Magazine. Mm-hmm. And this is the headline that grabbed my attention. And so, guys, you're going to love this, especially if you listen with your kids. Um, if you're raising little kids, if you've got grandkids, okay, it's for everyone. All right, this story, <laughs> this story is for everyone. This is from Time Magazine. Eight-month-old babies recognize wrongdoers and seek to punish them, a new study has found. Hmm? Eight-month-old babies Eight month recognize old babies. Okay. wrongdoers okay. and seek to punish them. Okay. They believe that wrongdoers should be punished for their wrongdoing. Eight month old babies now okay. will the great i know you i know j mac you guys are probably at this point wondering okay 
It's an eight month old. Right. Like, like how right. do they know that they know yeah. that? Right. Well, because people smarter than me. Well, hang on. <laughs> hang on. I was about to give these people way more credit than I should. Okay. Because as you're going to see, as I navigate this article, you're going to see that while these people present a certain level of smartness, they can only go so far mm. because they do believe that we have evolved from animals. See, right there. So, <laughs> like, while I want to oh, celebrate boy. their discovery, yeah. and yeah. I do believe that their discovery actually points to the truth that we already know, that we already have, right? Um, which, and I'll just jump to the end and just say that uh, God's moral law is written on our heart. Mm. What they have discovered here is that, yes, man is without excuse. So these are some scientists? These are some scientists That's over said, there in Japan. They, uh, in Japan, okay. Uh -huh, uh -huh. All right. Well, okay. And they believe that what they have discovered points to something that happened in our evolution. Let yeah. me get into the article yeah, here. Ahead. I think this is really interesting. Now, listen, the Christians will do with this what is right to do with this. Right. So I just trust that. Okay, that's it. That's all I'm going to say. Here we go. Human beings. I'm just going to read this article. It's a Time Magazine article. I could spend a lot of time editing, but I don't want to. It's Friday. Here we go. <laughs> you edit as you listen. Human beings may be a savage species when we want to be, but we're also an exceedingly moral one with a highly evolved sense of right and wrong. Now, guys, you guys know that we did not evolve from animals. Right. You guys know that. Yeah. All right. All right, here we go. With a highly evolved sense of right and wrong, good and bad, crime and consequence, few things illustrate this better than our practice of third-party punishment, meeting out penalties against malefactors who have done us no personal harm. Okay, the entire criminal and civil justice system is built around judges and juries punishing offenders who have wronged not them, but another. Mm. Okay, that's the setup. Mm-hmm. An instinct for third-party punishment appears early in life. Think of preschoolers tattling on classmates who have broken a rule or taken a toy from someone else. But just how early has been unclear. Well, now a study published in June in Nature and Human Behavior offers an answer. According to research led by investigators from Osaka University and Atsuma Women's University in Japan, mm -hmm. third-party punishment behavior may begin in babies as young as eight months old. Mm -hmm. Okay, so here is what they did. And, and I was torn between reading how the study actually functioned and then also summarizing it because you can kind of get lost in the way they describe it. Maybe I'll do a little bit of both just so that people can hear this for themselves. Okay. The article continues, since it's impossible to know what's going on in a pre-verbal baby's head by asking them, mm -hmm. the study involved familiarizing 24 eight-month-old babies with a simple video game. Okay, follow me here. Stop me if it gets unclear, okay? okay. 24 eight-month-old babies with a simple video game. This is brilliant, by the way, so I'll just continue. So what they do is they personify these shapes, okay? And they have uh, eyes drawn on these squares, and then the squares move about the screen. And they actually have technology to discern or to know where the baby's gaze is fixed. Okay. Okay? So when the baby is looking in one place for a long time, they know where the baby's eyes are. 
Well, they would let the baby kind of gaze across the screen, watching these shapes move with eyes, okay? Then all of a sudden, they would bring a big square, a big green square, drop it from the top of the computer screen, and smash one of the shapes that's Mm, dancing across the screen. Okay. The Uh. eight-month-old baby would turn his or her gaze to that green square until that green square was either taken away or something happened that demonstrated a punishment for the green square that hurt the other shapes. Hmm. 75% of the time, the baby's eyes stayed fixed on the offending square until there was a punishment. Wow. Guys. Okay, okay I don't know if that's, uh, maybe wow. I'm the only one. That's, but wow. as I was reading this study, and, and I was thinking about the implications of this. Now, of course, these people who, huh. I mean, they have that's a certain amount of smartness, right? Yeah. Yeah. But the conclusions that they arrive at, that we have picked up a sense of morality via evolution, <laughs> is just ridiculous. Right. It's absolutely ridiculous. Now, where I go when I read this study is I think of Paul's letter to the Romans, mm. where he's saying that Gentiles, and, and speaking in the sense of not knowing God, not having yeah. the Mosaic law, he says that the law of God is written, written on, on our hearts. hearts. Yeah. It's written on our hearts. Wow. And on the day of judgment, that knowledge of that law that is written on our hearts will affirm us or it will condemn us. Mm. And so if you've got an eight-month-old baby who understands that wrongdoing must be judged. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, <laughs> like, that is absolutely incredible. And so wow. I was thinking about this. And, and guys, by the way, this is one of those things that I think you would want to have a conversation with your kids about this. Yeah. Like, this, no, this is one of those table talk yeah. moments for parents, for grandparents, to say, because so often our kids have questions, especially as they start to understand the gospel. Mm-hmm. They have questions about, well, what if someone hasn't heard? Or what if someone doesn't know? Mm. We already know in Romans 1 that the Bible declares very plainly that what can be known of God is clearly known, mm. so much so that man is without excuse. That's right. That's right. But now we have research that strongly suggests that even at eight months old, babies understand not only what is right and what is wrong, guys, but that wrongdoing must be punished. Wow. I thought you was going to say the babies cried when the other ones got crushed. Well, that would have been our kid. No, these (laughs) babies were like, get him. Get him. Anyway, Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio will open the phone lines. 888- 589-8840. 888-589-8840. We'll take your calls when we get back. I wanna leave, but I gotta wait. Uh, this world sleep, but I'm wide awake. Living here screwed up, I'm out of my mind. Living in the future, Marty McFly. I'm at home already. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's. It's the Friday edition. Thank you so much for listening. We tend to do or try to do a little bit of a lighter show. We call it our gumbo show because everything within reason goes Mm. into the pot. There's some debate over corn and hot dogs and things like that, but um, (laughs) everybody knows what's right Is there a debate over that? I mean, there's a debate, but it's an Uh unnecessary one because everybody knows sort of like the eight-month-olds what's right (laughs) and what's wrong. 
I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And as we live as kings already, but not yet. You can talk to us today if you'd like uh, by giving us a call at 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. Getting back to this study out of Japan here, just one <laughs> thing I want to say just to wrap up, um, talking about this discovery that eight-month-olds have the ability or the capacity to understand that wrongdoing must be punished. Mm. Uh, the researchers called the the wow. green square dropping on the other yeah. uh, anthropomorphized shapes, which mm. means shapes to, made to look like human, like they yeah. have human characteristics, okay? Yeah. Um, that whenever that green square dropped on those shapes that were like human to the babies, had eyes and things like that, the babies would direct their gaze at that green offending square, which, by the way, had no eyes. Um, but they would direct their gaze there, su- suggesting, hey, do something with that square. Amazing. Um, and so researchers said this, and, and I'll, I'll quote, um, I probably am not going to accurately pronounce the name here. <laughs> but uh, the lead author of the study, Yasushiro B. Kanakogi. Yasushiro B. Are you trying to give him <laughs> a nickname? Yeah, you got to have a B. A name. Friday. It's a Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, or Yasushiro K. How okay. about that? That's something uh, like I that. Like Anyways. Yeah, okay. Right. <laughs> you can't just change people's <laughs> names. Well, great. Um, he said that uh, the results were surprising. Um, we found, quote, quoting here, we found that preverbal infants choose to punish the antisocial behavior, or chose, I'm sorry, chose to punish the antisocial aggressor by increasing their gaze toward the aggressor. So by looking at that aggressor, they were saying, they were strongly suggesting punish that square, that that square cannot get off unpunished. Mm. And I was thinking about this and thinking about um, Romans, how the Bible says that we are without excuse, that the law of God is is written on our heart. Mm -hmm. And I came across this quote, um, this is John Piper, and he said, quote, every human being in the world has an inborn knowledge of God and his law. Every human being in the world has an inborn knowledge of God and his law. And and just re- reading his uh, essay further, he, he was suggesting that, man, you know, on Judgment Day, mm-hmm. right, all of us with our conscience and the moral law of God written on our heart yeah. will condemn us, mm-hmm. right, or affirm us, mm-hmm. yeah, that was right to do. And and then he, he went on, and I, as I was reading his paper, he was just strongly suggesting that it's Jesus Christ who enables us to follow the Lord, mm-hmm. to follow God, to submit our mm-hmm. will to God's will. But none of us is without excuse. That's right. Like, none of us is without excuse. I wanted to make sure I said that right. I okay. think that's right. All right, let's go to the phone lines, 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. It's the Friday Gumbo Show. Will the Great, where do we go? All right, let's go to Don in Florida. Hi, Don. Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Sure. Okay, thanks for your program. Love it. Thank you. Um, this is this is the Gumbo, Gumbo Friday show, so I hope I'm not throwing something in there. I'm sure we <laughs> talked about it somehow. Uh, I'm sure somehow we talked about it sometime throughout the week, but I have this concept. You know, I have a pet chihuahua, and everybody loved her when I first got her, and they always wanted to get her impregnated. And I said no. I know I don't care if it's going to get me a few hundred extra dollars just for you know a puppy. Mm-hmm. And so my concept here is instead of killing human babies, why don't the men um, get castrated? Um, and instead of punishing the baby, why not take it out at the source? 
Hmm. Well okay, done. Well, well done. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 is an interesting I mean, concept. You know, it, it's it's interesting. I I got to tell you now, and I don't want to make light of the point right. that you're making here. I think because it's it really is bloodthirst. Yeah. In our yeah. culture, and and I think it's that is the response, right? Yeah. It's and, bloodthirst, and and I don't and know I that that would deal be, with yeah. consequences. He's getting to the root, really, of what. <laughs> You know, the issue is that, you know, the babies are not wanted, mm-hmm. but the the act to make the babies is wanted, mm-hmm. you know. And so that's that's a huge problem. And I think that's something that um, has to be addressed more. The moral, um, the morality of, of it all that's or the immorality point. of it all, yeah. you know. And so I hear what he's saying. You know, that's some, you yeah. know, some I just, measures to I take. I don't know but, if I see. I don't know. I don't. I don't see people signing up for that. Um, Don, <laughs> no. I, I, I mean, you know, and I know you don't either, but I think it's exactly the point that, that Will the Great is making. People don't mind the activity right. so much, right? It's, it's the resulting responsibility <laughs> that they shun and, and, and also the wickedness that is the desire for blood and, 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 and murder. So yeah. Um, anyway, Thank you, thank you, Don. I appreciate that. I, it's so interesting how he connected those points with his chihuahua. Like, I just, <laughs> like, oh, where's he going? I know. I was trying to figure it out, Don. Sometimes we have to try to make sure that we discern the question that's coming. I gotta admit that you kind. I didn't know. I didn't know <laughs> where, where you were going with that, but I, I think I understand a little bit better. Well, the great. Where do we go? All right, let's go. I think that's Jamie in Louisiana. Hi, Jamie. Yes. Hello. Hello, Mickey and Will. Hello. Hello. Okay. I'm going to talk slowly because I want to make sure I structure these sentences properly so you can understand what I'm saying. Okay. Okay. I was approached with this question, and it's dealing with abortion, but it was structured to me on this line. Okay. The question was, if is it can we say as Christians 100% that God is uh, wanting every baby to come into the world, just unborn. Okay, and then, okay, I was. they took me to the scripture to where, in the Old Testament, I know you guys are familiar with the Old Testament, to where there were times when God would tell the children of Israel to kill everybody in the land, the Canaanites. That means the men, the women, even the unborn children. So they, 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 so they had it and they said, well, Take away abortion, and just, let's talk about the mind of God. They said, well, would it, is it safe to say that if God brought about that judgment that he was not wanting those unborn babies that those women were pregnant to be into the world? And so they go on and tell me, they say, well, what if a Christian woman is raped? And that Christian woman prays and really feels it strongly that God does not want that baby to come into the world. So they asked me, they mm. said, how would you respond to that? Do you just say that, uh, well, we can't murder? And then I say, they don't say, well, the, Paul said that the letter killeth, but the spirit bringeth life. In other words, what they meant by that was like, you remember when David went into the tabernacle and his men, they were hungry, and they took the holy bread that they were not supposed to eat. Mm. And the law explicitly explains that you can't eat that as for the priest. But because of the spirit and grace that they were able to eat it. So they're saying sometimes it's like when you're dealing with something of what the word says, it has to be in unison with the spirit. 
So if this Christian woman is raped, I know what the word says on murder. Mm-hmm. But if well, what if the spirit is leading me? How would you? What would y'all say to someone? Uh, uh, I know you guys are pro-abortion, and 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 because uh, uh, that was a very good point uh, of that. So how would you guys? You mean that? you mean pro-life? Are you are you speaking about? Where we stand, yeah, okay. yeah, and, and let me let me expand. Yeah, okay. Thank you, Jamie. Let me let me let me comment on that. There's a lot. There's a lot there. Okay, so guys, uh, it was nice talking to y'all. This is gonna wrap up the show. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But but let me let me say this. Oh man, there was so much there. Okay, Jamie. So yikes first of all that that would <laughs> that be somebody's argument? response yikes okay that's that wow. is a theological term right there yikes <laughs> uh if you okay so first of all the spirit of god authored the scriptures so the bible teaches that all scripture is breathed out by god right so we are not going to find a contradiction in god's word as expressed by the spirit of God. This is why we need the guardrails of scripture when we begin to try to assert what God is leading us to do. I think it is so important for us to understand things that are descriptive in the Old Testament that are shadows and types, right? That kind of point toward the central theme of scripture, which is Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. It's so important for us to understand that there are things that are descriptive that are not prescriptive. Mm -hmm. I would also throw out to you Abraham being invited to take Isaac up to Mount Moriah Mm -hmm. and sacrifice the son, your only son that you love, right? Your your only begotten son that you love. Um, Should we take that as a prescription that, hey, you know, let me prove to the Lord that I'm faithful to him by being willing to go and sacrifice my child. I'm, I'm going to do it. I think no one would argue that because we recognize that the Lord was doing something at a certain period in time, moving us toward the central theme of scripture, mm-hmm. which is Jesus Christ, right? Amen. The whole entirety, the focus of what we know. Um, so I would say that the spirit of God is never, ever, ever going to lead us to rebel against God's word it just doesn't make sense because it would be sort of a, um, a schizophrenic presentation. The scriptures are breathed out by God. This is God's instruction to us. If a person were to tell me that they, um, if, if a woman were to tell me that she was praying and she felt the Lord leading her to abort her baby, I would say that you have not heard the Lord, that you have heard a demon. Yeah. And I know some people are going to listen to me and they're going to be like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah, because they they also whisper and they also speak. Right. And, and they also are very much characterized by, by encouraging to go against God's written word. Why? Because it is finally authoritative. And this is why sometimes when I use that example, people, you know, think that I'm just exaggerating. But when I say people who, who tend to say God told me, but then have no biblical basis for what God is telling them to do is mm-hmm. problematic. This is actually the perfect example here. Now, I want to say this. God is sovereign over life and death. When we act in that authority, we are not glorifying that sovereignty. In fact, we are trying to steal it. We are trying to, we are trying to be sovereign. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Listen, there are, and, and, and Will the Great and I actually suffered this, um, our first child, we miscarried our first child. 
So there are sovereign acts of God. We believe that God is supremely in control where, okay, so we, we didn't carry that baby to term and we grieved that loss. But to say that if I end that child's life, that's God's will, mm. Mm, it's not consistent. Yeah. It's not logically consistent. And, and, I, and I think that there are probably other places that we could go. Um, I think some of the examples that would be brought in um, to our brother Jamie, that people would bring in some of those arguments that, that you brought in. I think understanding context and understanding shadows and types and what God was doing and driving out wicked nations ahead of the people through whom which the Messiah would come. Um, I, I think it's important to understand that. And I don't think that we can conflate those things or make those things prescriptive. And, and by the way, man, this is so vital to our understanding that as we read scripture, we have to know those things that are descriptive mm. and we have to mine out, meaning search out of the scriptures, what it is that God is revealing. And can I tell you something with our youth at our, at our local fellowship, we intensely teach them how to read the Bible. We intensely teach them how to read the Bible. One of the problems that we run into as we're trying to discern and understand scripture is that we are immediately looking for the thing that we can apply. Okay, what, what does this mean to me? Mm-hmm. What does this mean to me? We don't start with what is God revealing about himself? What is God saying to us about humanity? What is God saying to us about judgment and sin, right? What is God saying to us about redemption and his son? What is God saying to us about eternity? And then once you've gone through all of those things, okay, and now on a personal level, How might I draw out from the scriptures? This is called exegesis. How might I draw out from the scriptures how God wants me to live in light of all of those things versus eisegesis lead into the scriptures what I think the scriptures are saying? Hmm. This is a problem. This is a problem. God is sovereign. And I think even the question, even the question kind of points to a challenge of God's authority. Yeah. I mean, you even see from that type of argument that whoever this person is, is trying to use the scripture to justify why babies, you know, that God is all right with babies being killed. That's sad. So that in itself is a, a, a demonic move, mm-hmm. you know, to take to take scripture and say, see, because God allowed this to happen, mm-hmm. you know. And so uh, sometimes he's all right with killing like babies. Man, can I can That's, I say, I, I will tell you something. The Bible is very clear that God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. And I think people, because we don't read the whole of scripture, we, mm-hmm. we, we read like some of these stories. So some of these arguments that our brother is saying might be raised mm-hmm. of Christians, right? Um, and I'm not suggesting that Jamie is making this argument. I think he's raising this as right. a hypothetical. And so I'm going to deal with it as, as such. Um, let me just say something. When we see God's judgment on wicked nations and wicked people, the fact that death is the prescription for those nations must be an indication of how egregious their behavior yeah, is. Right. We don't right. we don't recognize we're not talk we're <laughs> we're talking about God's judgment. So if God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked, yet in the Old Testament, you see God's right prescription mm-hmm. for driving out wicked nations and exacting judgment on those people that included death. Guys, that is not to suggest that that's something that God is flippantly doing. When we read the scriptures rightly, we are forced to then say, whoa, 
how egregious their offense against right. God must have actually been. Exactly. Exactly. All right. I know we got to grab the break. We'll come back and go back to your phone calls. 888-589-8840. This is Aaron the Addison's the Friday edition. Uh, we'll be right back. get distracted by this earth this place that we live for a small amount of time these things we think we can take with us when we die they don't last keep your eyes on the prize man we looking around but we gotta stay focused this life about a moment i don't want to let it pass i want to own it look in the grass you see the opponent he want to see you in chains he want to see you in the flame but you're gonna be with the saints you gotta go through all the pain you're living it now but the die is again Welcome back. Welcome, welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Mm-hmm. Friday. It's Friday, guys. Yeah, it's um, Friday. But hey, I mean, it's okay. It's gumbo. It's gumbo Friday. That's right. Yes. Everything goes into the pot. All right. I hope. I hope that that was an articulate way to be able to respond. I don't. I know we've got a, a bank of other calls here that I want to make sure to get to. Um, but wow, you know, it, it's amazing because I, I think that the challenge, or the challenge is to God's authority seem to be without limits. The arguments that people are able to construct, mm. right? In, in, in uh, preference of their own will, yeah, right? So like when a person sets his or her own will against <laughs> God, the, the possibilities are limitless for mm. the reasons yeah. for that catering to the, their own the will. Using of the scripture to try to like <laughs> say that, you know, that's, that, that's egregious. You know, it's like, Okay, Christian. Well, what about this in your Bible that you know? It's like, really? Yeah. Like, like really? Yeah. You're I would, making this argument. I would just say this, and and uh, and all of these details may not be as important to the argument, and and so I'll move on. Uh, a Christian woman who is raped does not change the humanity of the baby conceived. I right. I, I think we we have to we have to recognize what the facts are in the argument. Well, let me not say the argument. Let me say in the standing in agreement with God, with, with what God says about human life, that we have value and worth because we are made in God's image. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that comparison, is, it's sort of, you know, to say, well, whatever we see God doing in the Old Testament, we should be able to do. That, that it's, a, it's a false, but almost, I think, a ridiculous claim of equality with God. Um, that is quite unfortunate yeah. among those who would make that argument. So, all right, let's go back to the phone lines. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Will the Great. Okay, let's go to Carlos in Louisiana. Hi, Carlos. Yes, sir. Uh, good morning or afternoon, I guess it is. Uh, first thing I want to say, uh, rape and incest, you know, that's evil and it's, it's, it's not uh anything of god but now as somebody raised down here in the river bottom swamp that <laughs> baby uh you can raise that baby that ra- baby mm-hmm. can be raised and when that mother births that child mm-hmm. you don't tell me that that mother don't love that child that child is part of the mother yeah and that mother's going to love that child and she raises it in a christian way no telling what that that child could be. She could change the life of the person that done the, uh, the evil to her or whatever mm-hmm. and change it, turn it around. It might be that that baby may be the 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 uh, somebody like uh, 
Ann Graham or whatever, you know, maybe somebody like Billy Graham. You won't, you don't never know. But if you raise that child, uh, you know, in a Christian mm-hmm. home, mm-hmm. you know, it's nothing to be ashamed of. You know, they say, oh well, you know, I feel ashamed. Do the right thing. Do do good to this baby. The baby don't know who the father is you know the baby in the womb has no idea who the father is yeah and i i would look i would look at our our friend uh ryan bomberger and and say that i i know Mm -hmm. i know that ryan is grateful for life even though he was conceived in rape i know that he is grateful for life yeah and um and and i would say even if the lord had not chosen to use his life as he's using his life right now right his life still has purpose and value and and worth That's right. And it's not connected to what he's doing. It's connected to the fact that he's made in the yeah. image of Amen. God. And I Amen. think if we could if we could continue to come back to that, if we could continue to come back to that, so many of the hypothetical questions that we ask, I think we because we don't have a knowledge of God, if I could just say this, I think because we don't have a knowledge of God so much, right? Um we don't recognize that it is the Lord who is the author of life. Amen. That's right. The Lord is the author of life. And and I and I, I I'll I'll just kind of leave that statement right there at that point. That in very tragic situations, unthinkable situations, it God is the author of life. That's and right. and so let's let's just remember that. All right, well the great, where do we go next? Let's go to Stacy in Louisiana. Hi, Stacy. Hey, how y'all doing? Hello. Good, good, to, good to talk to y'all again. Today I'm going to be the Cajun star man because I want to bring some lightness to this Friday gumbo show. Right? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. Now, now we all know about that gumbo. It ain't got no, if it ain't got that okra in it, is that really gumbo? Huh? I love this conversation here because I understand. I, I think if I remember With correctly, gumbo, gumbo means okra, right? Or, or is it? That's right. That's right. right. Okay. I, had, I had, you know, being in Louisiana, you got to work offshore sometimes, you lot. So one time I was working offshore, and there was this uh, company man, and he asked me about that. And I, I told him what, what it was. He said, you sure about that? I said, yeah, man. Yeah. Look up a, in his dictionary. So he looked it up. Now you can do this for your own self. If you look up gumbo, it's going to say a stew made with okra. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's the African word. That's right. Look, Stacy, I can't talk to you for too long because you're gonna mess up my communication. Okay, I I work real I work real hard to get. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Listen, well, Stacy, you're right. I got one more thing. I got one more thing to mess you up with, Miki. Okay. okay. All right, because you're talking about communication, so so you know it's, we in the church got to be careful, yeah, about how we communicate with those outside the church. That's right. To get that message across right, correct? That's mm-hmm. right. Okay. So, Boudreaux and Thibodeau, <laughs> they had decided they was going to have their own church, and they had them cross the road from one another. Okay. One on the right to catch the folks on the right, and the other side on the left side, so they can catch them on the left too also. <laughs> <laughs> but there was this curve going around them church right there, and one day they was both outside and they put up this sign that said the end is near. All this crazy fella come around real fast in this uh, convertible car. Mm-hmm. And he saw that sign, saw them up there, 
He go holler at them, oh, you crazy, sell it. And he went around that car as fast as he can. And all of a sudden, they heard all them tires in the crash. And Boudreau turned to Thibodeau. He said, you think maybe we should have put up the bridges out of here? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Man. <laughs> Stacy, listen. Wow. I feel like, let me. Can, <laughs> I, I feel so bad for our Midwestern <laughs> listeners. Like, I feel so bad for our Northeast, Northwest Man, listeners. They're like, we don't know what he just said. They're like, does that come with an interpretation? Is there a translation? We don't know what he just said. Stacy, that's hilarious. That is funny. So, so guys, in Louisiana, <laughs> Boudreaux and Thibodeau jokes abound. Yes. And that was one. That's what that's what you just heard. That was that was beautifully done, Stacy. Thank yes. you so much. Thank you, Stacy. Way, way to turn it into a Friday. Somebody's coming next. They're like, well, I'm going to turn it back to a Monday. Will the Great, where do we go? All right, man. That was cool. Let's go to Dorothy in Kansas. Hi, Dorothy. Hi. That's... I can't believe I got through. <laughs> Dorothy, are you really in Kansas? Are you really in Kansas? <laughs> Yes, I'm in the Midwest, and I did not have a clue what he said. <laughs> not, not, not only am I in Kansas, but I'm, I am hearing impaired, hearing impaired, mm. and the consonants fall out, and I, I don't even, I didn't even understand the words. Oh, wow. Dorothy, I'm okay. so sorry. Okay, but, but thank you for joining the show today. <laughs> What's on your mind? Well, well, I was trying to get through yesterday. You were talking about the crisis pregnancy centers. Yeah. And I wanted to share with you that, one, I am a failed abortion. I am here, and my mother intended for me not to be here mm. and told me every day that I was supposed to be dead. But guess what? I'm not. Mm. And God actually has a plan, or her plan would have worked. And God actually is sovereign and not my mother. <laughs> mm. Wow. So um, my, I do have a question, though, in there also, and that is you're talking about the crisis pregnancy centers going to need a lot of backup at this point in time, which I totally agree. And my question is how would a person – find out about okay i my, in my area you said something about the pregnancy centers in my area i live in a little town of 150 people mm -hmm. there is no crisis pregnancy center in my area mm -hmm. and the nearest towns all around me are all at least a half an hour drive away so i am an accomplished quilter and stuff like that. I could don't have a lot of money, but I could make baby items that would help new mothers. Yes. But I don't know who to get them to or how to get them. And I do not have internet. I do not have. Um. We are in an isolated spot. Okay. Are you are you a part of a local church where you are, Dorothy? Yes, but it's. It's an Amish church, and they do not participate in that kind of stuff. Okay. Dorothy, can I make a joke here real quick? I feel like you just stacked all those things on so that any possible response <laughs> I could give to you, I, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like yes. 
whoa. I promise. I promise that's not why. I, I, I kind of sat them <laughs> on there because I knew the first thing you were going to say is, go online and look for this. And I knew all the pet answers. And I didn't want any of the pet answers because they won't work. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't. I, I'm not. I, oh my goodness. I want to make jokes, but I never know what people's like sense of humor really is. Cause I, I, I feel like you, you got a good sense of humor. Oh yeah. I have a, I, I, I have four brothers. Wonderful. Yeah, I know how to, I know how to give it every bit. Of it. Okay, good. So here's what I want to say. I want to say, you got to get out there with one of those quilts and you're going to have to smoke signal, like send it up, <laughs> let people know that they can access your quilts. I, I okay, don't. Okay. But, Here's here's my deal. When I do smoke signal, and it's got smoke damage on it, you think <laughs> <laughs> we can't we can't wrap babies in that. Uh, listen, Dorothy, I I will tell you, I will tell you this for sure. You have stumped me. I don't know because I w- I would tell you my first course of action if I were in your situation would be to go to my pastor and to say, do we have any connection to any local crisis pregnancy centers? Are there any centers that we're supporting? Do we know, are we aware um, of a place that mothers go when they are experiencing a crisis pregnancy? That would be my first course of action, Um, but that's not an option. So I will just have to consider how I might be able to instruct you um, Hmm. because I don't know right offhand. And in order for me to give you a number, a contact number, I'd have to know exactly where you are and I would have to know the crisis pregnancy center that's in your area and that information I don't have in front of me so but can I just say this though Dorothy I I think it's wonderful that you would be able to bless um a mom bless a family Mm -hmm. with um with a quilt I I think that is incredible and that's kind of right in the vein of what I was thinking when I'm calling the church to action it's what is it that we have in our hands what's in your hands what can you do with that and so I think that's beautifully expressed. So, so Dorothy, let me think about that. And maybe I am 66 and I am battling cancer. And so, um, my, my skills are great and my health is limited, <laughs> but I believe that God's going to heal me and not allow me to move past the cancer. But in the meantime, I want to still be a blessing. Amen. 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 I tell you what, Dorothy. Let me let me find out um, what I might be able to learn on your behalf. I can can we have uh, Dorothy hold for a second? I'm put her on hold and go back to our call screener, and then I would like to get a contact number so that we can follow up with her and see how we might be able to help her be a blessing to some moms in need. Because I think it's wonderful that she's willing yeah. to do that. And um, <clears throat> and also, if if I if I could, I know we're running out of time here pretty quickly. But I, I just want to um, I want to pray for our sister. Lord, okay. I thank you so much for Dorothy. I thank you for her willingness, Lord, to serve you. And I pray, Lord God, that you would touch her body, Lord, that you would provide healing for her, Lord. I thank you, Lord God, that we can trust you. I thank you for the faith that Dorothy has. Thank and I pray, Lord God, that you would come to her aid. Lord, I thank you for the heart that you've given her and the desire to serve, Lord, to serve for your glory. I pray that you will give us all wisdom and how to do that. And I ask this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, that that I I, I got to tell you, I really do appreciate uh, Dorothy's sense of humor as well, because at, at a certain <laughs> point, you're at that place where you're like, I don't know right. how to answer that question. <laughs> but let me just uh, wrap up this way. 
the example I think that Dorothy has set here is that what we have the capacity to do, mm-hmm. that we're responsible to do. That's right. Right? It's not doing the thing that someone else is doing or looking at all of the things that, oh, my goodness, that's so outside of my, but it's what's in your hand. Mm. Use that. Amen. All right. We are out of time until Monday, Lord willing. God bless. Thank you.